Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, will Sven and David have their first argument over an album? A rap album at that. Let me rephrase. Will Sven and David have a rap battle? That's coming up on episode three. Okay, here we go. Welcome to episode three of Verse Chorus Verse. My name is David Liston. With me is the Malaysian musical magician. Sven, how are you tonight? And actually, more importantly, are you Malaysian? I'm I'm Malaysian. I'm Chinese. I'm Norwegian. Um, I've been going with Chiwejalasian. <laughs> um, okay. That works. Good to know. <laughs> yes. Here we are. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us while Sven downs his PBR like a good man. Mm-hmm. Firstcourseverse.com. Please come to the website. Please download our episodes. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. I don't really know if Twitter's a, a still a big thing. I don't, I'm I'm not a very good at the social medias. Sven, uh, how have you been this week? Um, it's been a busy week for me, but I'm doing I'm doing really well. Yeah, life is good. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. We're kind of actually starting to get this podcast thing figured out. I've actually been able to contact people. Things are slowly progressing. Um, makes me happy. Yeah. I like the look that you've got. I kind of feel like you should have worn the beanie over the on top of the ears for uh, Rubble Bucket ah. last week. You got it. Kind of got the hipster thing going on. Kind of. Right? I need some flannel too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is episode three. We are going to do another basic album review, just like the last episode. It's going to be uh, Sven giving me an album he enjoys, me giving him an album that uh, I've enjoyed, and we're just going to talk about it. Episode four next week is going to be different, trying something new. So we'll see how that goes. But for now, let's get going with this one so most importantly what are you drinking it looks like you're just going classic pbr tonight uh well i pounded that and now i'm down to a mother earth brewing company hop diggity double india pale ale nice double Double india double what's the uh what's the percentage on that one uh a lot i don't know what is it 8.2 kind of all right so First course verse, uh, go ahead and go to about the 45 minute mark if you want to start hearing Sven slur. <laughs> I have uh, multiple alcohols tonight, so my I might be in the same boat. In honor of the album that you gave me, there are two alcohols mentioned in that, one of which is gin. Uh-huh. So tonight I, I made myself gimlet. Ooh, it's fancy looking. You gotta you gotta have a coupe for a gimlet. This drink is amazing. Jeffrey Morgenthaler, who's this amazing bartender, and he he writes books and he has recipes online and everything. He has this killer recipe for your own lime cordial, like a roses lime juice. Yeah, but it's it's fresh, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's literally just an ounce and a half of that homemade roses lime juice and two ounces of uh, London dry gin stirred with ice little lime twist in there and it's man it is one of the best cocktails i've had in a really long time so sounds delicious thank you to uh jeffrey morgenthaler all right so let's go ahead and uh take a quick break 
and then we'll be back with our first album. Yeah, yeah. We are back. For this week's album, I gave Sven Nine Types of Light by TV on the Radio. Hit us with it. TV on the Radio. I I picked it because I've never really listened to them up until this point, um, other than like maybe a track here or there. But, but you've been on stage with them. Right. You told me this at one point and we never got into it. And I think we never got into it because I knew that I was going to give you TV on the radio at some point because I fucking love this <laughs> band. How did you end up on stage with TV on the radio? Well, I, I spent four or five or six years working for a music festival, uh, Treefort Music Fest. Treefort. And TV on the radio was headlining on the main stage. One of my duties as staff was, was photography. And so a photography press pass when you're on staff with a music festival gets you wherever you want to go. <laughs> really? Yeah. You walk into a green room. You Anyway, so I was trying to get shots of all the acts on stage and ended up like creeping closer and closer from the side of the stage. So I was just on stage taking photos of TV on the radio. So it wasn't like a musician's dream where the bass player breaks his wrist five minutes before the show and they're like, who can play bass? And yeah, no, no. I, I well, thought about offering my skills to Andrew WK, who played later on, but mm-hmm. I just can't party that hard. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Nine Types of Light. All right. I thought overall this thing was really well written. It's a great start to finish listen, but you can also just Mm -hmm. jump in anywhere on the album and your head's bobbing and you're into it. You just get sucked right in by their sound. Really, you you can take it as like a complete piece or you can jump in wherever you want. The lineup of producers on this is pretty, pretty impressive. The, the final master I think was done by Steve Fallone. I, I always love looking this up because it kind of it helps me figure out how they landed on some of their sounds and how they decided yeah. to balance some of their stuff. And he did a lot of jazz production. So oh. um, Art Tatum, Cannonball Adderley, Charlie Parker, Michael Brecker, some no of my kidding. Fa- favorite sax players of mine. Wow. Uh, he mastered. So we you know sometimes you'll see like oh, digitally remastered. So yeah, he took yeah, he took yeah. recordings okay. and he he just like polishes and that's the final what you hear right. But more recently he's done like REM, Sonic Youth, Built to Spill. Whoa! And then the the guy that mixed the album, um, Rich Costley, he wrote and arranged a bunch of stuff for Death Cab for Cutie. He worked okay. with Fiona Apple. Love me some did Fiona some arranging Apple. For I think Muse on the Hysteria album. Love so, me some Muse. Wow. Yeah. Other than David Andrew Siddick, um, the other guys were just in the studio to be engineers, but I can totally hear <laughs> their fingerprints on this album. Yeah. So anyway, overall, I love the range of instrumentation, the loops, the different synths. They, they picked some really good sounds. Diving into the tracks, first off, the first bad thing that I need to just come right out and say, really? You're going to name the first track 
second song. song. Yeah. Like, so when people like us are trying to review this shit, we're going to say like, oh yeah, the second mm-hmm. song. And then like, we're not going to know if you're talking about the yeah. track one or track two. And like, it's one of those cutesy musician things that we would have done in a band where we were initially going to have this first song that we just called all together. And we got so used to calling it second song. They we were like, let's just leave it like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, despite the name and I, I really don't, I'm, it's, <laughs> I'm really just, just kidding. I wasn't pulled in at first. This one, I when it first opened up, I kind of had my doubts. I was a little worried what I got myself into. What I got you into. What you got me into. That started to change pretty quickly. I mean, it starts out with what I'm thinking is like a hand pump kind of organ, whatever that instrument is, with the floor tom doing like two and four and like these little rim clicks. And I think what happened was the distorted guitar riff came in about 40 something seconds into it. Was that when the band picks yeah. up and he starts... And then, yeah, mm-hmm. piano and the full drum track comes in at like a minute and a half. This What I'm calling a hypnotic bass line. I don't know. Something about that bass just had me... It was like in a trance. I don't know. So I, it kind of flipped. I just love how in the chorus, the bass line will wait for like the third bar in the chorus before it drops the bass line, you know, and then it continues through the chorus. I just love stuff like that because it, it just provides that that dynamic yeah you know up and down and anyway so i just gotta say because well one of my favorite lines in the whole album is here it's simple there's it's not that much to it but i just it goes along so well with the feel of the song i i just love his lyrics so much tunday's falsetto i'm just gonna get this out of the way right now there's something about it that i really that i feel sounds so familiar i will probably i probably deserve to be flogged for saying what I'm about to say, but it almost reminds me of Robin Gibb from the Bee Gees. That's why would you be flogged for that? I don't know. I just feel like that's perfect. That's their sound. Uh, no, I th- I think the they were the you know, Bee Gees they, vocals were beautiful. Even if you oh, didn't yeah. like the absolutely the discoish whatever. That, the, I love them because they made it a cool thing for yes. falsetto male vocals to be like a style. I'm really really glad that you said that about the falsetto because there are numerous things in this album that usually annoy the shit out of me that I don't know what it is about these guys, uh-huh. but I love it when they do it. And one of those things is he has this. His falsetto is almost exaggerated. Yeah. He, he doesn't want it to be pretty. And that usually really bugs me. I love it when this yeah. band does it. It's got a, a certain like airiness mm-hmm. or a texture to it. Anyway, moving on. Keep your Do heart. It. This one to me was just awesomely heavy. Not like metal heavy, but I no. love the way I, I felt like the kick kick drum was just a little bit right behind the, the groove, like just yeah. right behind the downbeat. And then when the bass comes in, it comes in just even further back. And so it has this thick sound. Every beat lands with a good thunk. I know a lot of jazz bass players that will do that. They yep. will, you know, they'll walk their bass line just behind the kick drum. Yep. Anyway, the, the chorus. I love how everything kind of opens up in the chorus. They leave lots of room for the chorus to just then come in, take up space. Like you said, the exaggerated falsetto, the harmony. Really, the really exaggerated so awesome. in this song. He's screaming. Yeah. Right? And then the guitar. The guitar comes in with like, or it has this, I call a modest mouse kind of reverb. Which, which is built to That may or may reverb. not be accurate. I don't know why I call it that. Yeah. It's a nice little breakdown to this soft landing at the end, which is pretty cool because 
the next track, You, kind of comes in with this distorted synth, kind of grindy sounding thing with like a, it sounds like an 808 kind of bass drum underneath it. Not, good call. I, yeah. It's one a, of my I've, favorite sounds right there. When, and then uh, this one has my favorite like guitar just the, the thing. super the, the, like, simple little slidey guitar yeah. solo that also oh you're talking about the guitar solo the the solo the yeah the mm-hmm. slide guitar with like background like a synth playing like awesome. a counter melody to it reading through it sounds like they all take turns coming up with loops and different sounds and so i don't know i love it because it you doesn't know what get i boring. noticed for the first time after giving you this album and listening to it over this last couple of weeks this album has so much of an eastern influence not i'm talking like far eastern like asian influence mm. to it yeah and when i really really dug into this album mm-hmm. it, it was almost an it was almost all, like a, how the hell did yeah. i not notice this before yeah yeah there's one track over here that i feel like uh we're, we're creeping up on pretty soon that just hits you over the head with yep. that sound I, I think and then it gets really spacey at the end which I, it was kind of a, a nice little breath of, it, of of fresh air but also i feel like it leads you into uh, no future shot yeah. which for me, started off, I felt it was like an emo major tom. Oh, uh, the way it sounds. There's something about his voice that almost sounded like when when David Bowie's in his lower register. All right. So th- yeah, this I think has one of my favorite. I'm actually gonna, I'm going to quote a lyric. What? This, this has one of. I don't know why this line. Um, oh, work it out. Your thoughts. Let's shout. You're bleeding things so full of love. Get ready. I think that that's that's it. Your bleeding thing so full of love put an image in my brain that it's something that I've felt maybe for the past year. Yeah. It's, it's more of a feeling than anything else, you know? If you listen to all the lyrics, this is much more of a cultural. This is more about being African-American in the United States. And I would put it akin to kind of what This Is America did. Okay. Uh, I don't remember if that was last year or the year before, where it's basically we're just supposed to be fucking dancing yep. and having fun, and this is how we have to get through it, and this is how America sees us. That's what I took from this song. Um, that was kind of like the storm. Mm-hmm. And wow, you were talking about that that Far East influence. Yeah. Yep. Um, this to me, this to me feels like. When the Beatles discovered the Far East stuff and they kind of, you know, the, um, the later There's part. There's a shamisen of, in this song, isn't there? I could have swore I heard a shamisen. I think so. And this track has all of those mm-hmm. vibes that are from like that late 60s. Um, it's almost like this continuous yeah. river of sound that just keeps flowing. Yep. And it ebbs and flows as they add instruments and drop instruments and swap instruments building 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 up until there's a dropout uh, about halfway through and it just goes down yep. to like cello and vocals well they move into mm-hmm. uh will do track six with i want these bells whatever these bells are at the beginning of this track i want some or i want the synth or the awesome whatever right? yeah plug-in effect yeah whatever makes this sound going right along with the sounds they chose the kick drum and the snare sound um the electronic ones i love the ones that they i don't know like with a kind of a staticky staticky and it's feel it's to layered. them almost almost like it's through vinyl or something almost like a distorted mm-hmm. snap or a distorted clap it, i mean it, it it has a pop but it crunches too 
And I don't know, like I could keep going on and on about the amazing vocal harmonies. Um, I think with Will Do, there's a huge difference to me between your favorite songs and what you think are the best songs. And to me, Will Do is the best song on the album. Wow. It's perfectly written, amazingly produced, amazingly sung, the instruments perfect. It's not my favorite on this album, but it's the best. Gotcha. And I think I'm going to just, I'm going to leave that track just as that. Good. Um, (laughs) New Cannonball Blues. Mm, Some dirty synths. That bass that starts up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Something about this Mm -hmm. track almost reminds me of Prince. I'm going to bring Prince back uh, in this review, actually, in the awards and categories. So we're great minds think alike. There we go. Yeah. This was, this was another one that I just grooved with it. Like I, I, Again, um, this this was like I think I was just like once I got through will do I just stayed in that like oh man I just don't want to move I don't want to think I'm just I'm I'm now grooving all the way through repetition I guess which I really want to yeah. talk about so yeah. I'm I'm just gonna rush right into that do it because okay so it starts out with that like palm muted guitar bass groove thing and I love yeah. the I'm, I'm calling it like this monotone melody in the verse um almost uh not like spoken word but it's there's it's still sung but it's really simple there's not a lot of notes yeah like a more passionate cake almost yeah that's 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 the band um that i couldn't think of earlier today when i was trying (laughs) trying to come up with a reference (laughs) um there we go thank you thank you this is another one of those songs that like picks up energy as it rolls along uh, yeah anyway so gu- guitar lick in the chorus it kind of gets wedged in my brain and won't go away earworm for the next like three hours after i'm done listening to this just it'll pop up in my head i'll be just washing dishes and then they get to the bridge which this was like a it was almost like they pulled some inspiration from thriller oh i feel like i like it i feel a little bit of the thriller intro there and then it goes into the outro, which to me was like mm-hmm. the craziest, most favorite part of this song, where it's just my repetition, my repetition is this over and over and over and over and over. Same lyrics while the instruments just have a friggin' party in the background. I, I almost wonder sometimes if it's like, um, you know, how sometimes in a band you, you just jam <laughs> and something sticks. I almost wonder if this was some part of some very early on jam. That part's so fun to play live. We we got to leave it. it. And then then we'll just name the song repetition. And (laughs) then that'll make it make sense. I like it. Or something. Um, Yeah. My favorite on on, on the album. So next up would be uh, Forgotten. A waltz. We have a waltz. Again, with the like bouncy kick pattern with some 808s underneath it going on Mm -hmm. there. I think this is where I'm hearing. It's eerie. Yeah, it's eerie. The song is even more eerie when you read the lyrics. One of the lines is Beverly, because this is all about fucking how we're just uh-huh. killing the world. And the one line I pulled, Beverly Hills, nuclear winter, what should we wear and who's uh-huh. for dinner? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, like, it's warped. It's, yeah. it's pretty eerie. Yeah. <laughs> Another great song. I, I feel like I'm just mm-hmm. saying that all over. I'm just like vomiting my love for this band all over this whole review because it just, um, track after yeah. track, I'm really impressed. I'm going to roll in right on into caffeinated consciousness, which I, I love it when bands do this, where they copy the drum rhythm across all the instruments, um, which they do that a couple times with the little, like yeah. in my notes, I wrote, 
bop bop. Did you? Does your notes literally say ba da da bop bop? Da ba da bop bop. That's what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Awesome, awesome band, awesome, awesome album. Thank you so much for introducing me to TV on the radio a second time. I guess my second introduction to the band. So this was one of those albums, bands, I should say that when when starting to put together a list for me of, of albums that I was going to send you. This was one of those that I, I was very like, if Sven doesn't know them yet, he's oh, going to yeah. fucking love these guys. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you liked them. Yeah. Everybody seriously, nine types of light is a work of art. If you haven't checked it out, please do. All right. So I will uh, go ahead and get into the awards and categories for this album. Uh, I always started off with the reviews there weren't any bad Amazon reviews. Damn. Nothing that was entertaining. All of the reviews for this were very universal. So what I've started doing, I've kind of figured out a method. I just look at the scores of the review and then the first sentence. I don't want it to taint my thoughts on it. I need some form of mm-hmm. knowledge as far as how people were receptive of this when it first came out. This was kind of a left turn for them. It was a lot warmer and a lot more positive. That was kind of seen as a negative. All of the reviews that were kind of negative about this album were that TV on the radio was getting increasingly worse with each album. I don't agree. It's definitely, if you listen to their earlier stuff, it's way more raw and it's a lot dirtier. It's it's not as well produced, which I think uh, in some spaces, and I'm sh- I'll probably get hate mail for this, but there are a lot of people out there that think that raw equals original. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's with. that's tragic, and I I feel like that happens to a lot of bands. It's those hardcore people. They want everything to sound like a garage band. Influences and influencees. I'll give mine first. I hear the Pixies. I hear a lot mm-hmm. of 70s stuff. I act. I hear some Depeche Ooh. Mode in this. And then the big one, which you already touched on, is I hear a lot of Prince yes. in this, yes. for sure. They've said before in interviews, their musical interests as a group are so different from each one and another that it's what makes them such a great band. I think that definitely comes across when you listen to them. I love that you just told me that. Did you hear any influences? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think I think I talked a little bit about Prince earlier. I definitely hear uh, yeah. Prince influence. I, you know, with the Bee Gees, with the, the falsetto vocals, almost some parts that are like, sure. I don't know if you're familiar with like Maha Vishnu Orchestra, a little bit of that kind of stuff going oh, on. Oh, nice pull. I, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. That was fresh in my head. I, awesome. Okay. So for those of you following along at home, I have changed this award. It is no longer the Rob Lowe Award. It is now the Fine Wine or Skunky Beer Award. Because asking if an album is timeless is stupid because anybody that's a fan is going to think that it's timeless. So it's kind of a pointless thing to say. What I want to know is if this is an old album, what is going to age or what has aged the best or worst about it? And if this is a new album, what will age the best and worst about it? I'll start it. I don't think anything about this will age poorly. Unfortunately, because of the what I talked about with the reviews, I don't think that it's going to be remembered 
for all that long for anybody except for the fans of the album now it's going to get lost behind the the earlier extremely popular tv on the radio albums i feel lucky then you're lucky you have me sven dude um yes in so many ways i think (laughs) (laughs) i agree with most of that i feel like it in general should age really well because of its universal Mm -hmm. accessibility Never mind the Bullocks Award. You have already pretty much said that you can't really answer it. To me, it's definitely not uh, their best album. I think it's my second favorite album of theirs, but no, it's not. We'll have to come back to that question for you when you listen to them a little bit more. The John Paul Jones Award. So I'll start this. Is it a cop-out to say Prince? Mm -hmm. Are you allowed to say Prince? Because technically, really, can't you say (laughs) Prince for any... Could this just have been a Prince album? Exactly. I I wouldn't say it's a cop-out, but like, I think you could say that about anything. And just like, yeah, Prince could do it. Did you, do you have anybody for the John Paul Jones Award? You know, if I had to pick, this is a really unknown musician, maybe, or, or known in some circles, Joel Cassidy from Walk Off the Earth. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He mainly, I think he started out playing drums on most of their stuff, but now he does a lot of guitar and singing and he does everything. If he would have sat in on some tracks on drums, I love, he has some really tasty drum chops. So David did the cop out and Sven actually thought of a very unique (laughs) musician. Sven wins this one. Good job. The John Popper Award for Best Hook. What do you have, Sven? No future shock. Me too. No future shock. Yeah. I mean, that... We both called future shock. It's got to be future shock. Eddie Van Halen Award. What do you got? I think I said it, that slidey guitar solo. And you? Yeah. I have the drums in repetition. When the drums kick in, it just drives the whole song. And it's it's a pretty basic beat. It's so different from the rest of the album. It's... Yeah. Very, very prominent. Surfer Rosa Award, is this a B-side album? I personally don't think so. I think this is so unique all the way through. Yeah. The first track on the second side is Will Do, which I think is maybe the most radio-friendly song, so I, I don't think it is. I agree. Uh, for me, it's the meat was in the middle of this, this album. Yeah. Time of Your Life Award. What do you got, Sven? This one's really, it's tough with this with with this album you didn't even i don't think in the last episode you picked a least favorite song at all i was the one that had to carry that weight and i don't think that's very fair it's probably not very fair at all (laughs) i think this one ended for it caffeinated consciousness i think i was waiting for something Mm -hmm. that i felt never happened mine is new cannonball blues there was it was just a little too one note for me three best songs on the album i'm gonna start i'll give you my three in order my third favorite is second song my second favorite is No Future Shock, and my third favorite is Forgotten. So mine, I guess, working backwards, uh, Future Shock, really close, almost a tie with repetition. Uh, but by far, Killer Crane, something so beautiful about it. Like I said earlier, calm after the storm. Who won the album? I personally think that... Oh, this is easy. To me, people that performed and produced the brass won this album. Ah. The brass sections are so fucking intricate and well done on this. And they, they are never overpowering, which is really hard to do with brass. They're always unique. Mm-hmm. It, I So I'm going to say the brass won this album. Nice. For me, and this is this might be just like the obvious, the obvious pick, um, Tende. Mm. That voice, I like it, and the writing. Sven goes with the vocals. Yeah, I, I love just, it. 
just yeah so i'm really glad you like this album uh, i love this band i love this album thank you so much tv on the radio i am going to rate this album eight out of ten shamisons uh what about you Sven? i'm going 19 out of 23 bottle caps on this one 19 out of 23 that's it's a good percentage that's nine types of light Sven. good review all right we're gonna take a break we will be back with album two We are back. For this week, I gave David Joyner Lucas ADHD. Thank you very much. Let's get it out of the way right now. What did you think my favorite song on this album was? Okay, I'm pretty confident when I say Devil's Work. Gotcha. I am going to guess that your favorite song on this album is 10 Bands. Is that 100% or you're like 80% like... You and I have never talked about rap. I know that we both listen to hip hop. I know that we both listen to rap, but we've never really talked about it. I think that after about three rap albums, you and I will have each other pegged pretty well. But for now, I was just going off of production. Here's a disclaimer too. There's going to be a lot of language in this review. (laughs) And that's just how it is. Bottom line is, is half the time when we're reviewing rap albums, there's going to be a lot of intense language. I'm not saying it's worse and better. I love listening to rap. I'm not saying there's a problem with it. I'm just saying, fair warning, there's going to be some pretty graphic language. Anyway, we'll get it. Yeah. I want to hear everything that you think about this. I don't know if you do. uh, Are you reviewing the skits? Skits have to count. Because they're in the album. Okay. It'd be like if track three on an album was live. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. Um, yeah. This is going to be something. I'm going to start with the facts. This was released in 2020. It was basically self-produced. Yes. There are some underlying producers for like three tracks, but other than that, every track has a completely different producer, which we'll get into later. There are... A lot of guest appearances, Logic's in this, Young Thug's in this, Chris Brown's in this, Timbaland does one of the beats, Fabulous is in this, King OSF, OSF sorry, I'm drinking Hennessy now, so who knows. Henny. Last week, I didn't think I was drunk, but I professed that I loved My Chemical Romance, so who knows what the hell's going to happen this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this album was announced on October of 2018, and it came out in 2020. So I don't know what the hell was happening. Oh, he got but shit for that, didn't he? Very much so. Uh, which he actually talks about yeah. in the album. He did. And he even had the album cover. I think that's part of one of the skits. He had the he, album cover for like three years. He was shopping that album before. cover around. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. So this is titled ADHD, which is obviously Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, which he has stated is the inspiration for this album. It debuted at number 10 on the billboards. There aren't too many more facts on this. He came out with this. Actually, we can talk about this now because this is something that I fucking hate. And it's not his fault. Everybody does it now. The thing to do now when you release an album is to release one track every week oh. or two weeks. And then the the album releases and you've already heard half the songs. I'm just going to put, for example, the Strokes album that came out last year. Every week there was a new song on Spotify from them and it took everything in my power 
to not listen to one of those because I am a person as neurotic as it may be that wants to hear the album in full for the first time and it's It's such a normal thing now and it's funny because it doesn't have the same i don't have the same reaction to it because i'm like yeah give it to me now you're gonna give me five tracks early sweet you don't even know when the fucking album release is because it just comes out for half a year it's that's my that's the hot take of the week. First chorus, first hot take. <laughs> you know, we've talked about how I generally uh, just cherry pick songs to listen to anyway. Um, there's some albums that, yes. If every band's doing it, it probably is a smart thing marketing wise. It's stream culture, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to take a drink of Hennessy here and then... This is the part of episode three when Sven gets David hate mailed off the internet because I'm just going to go for it here. I'm going to be Are you getting political or is this something else first? (laughs) Is that later on? I hope it's not political right up front. This is going to be a negative review. And I really, really didn't want to do this as the first rap album on a podcast where I am a white guy living in the Northwest. I almost asked you if I could do a different album because we've just been talking about how great these albums are. And then all of a sudden we get to a hip hop album and I shit on it because I, I assure you, I enjoy rap. I appreciate rap. And I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of the history of rap. And I am confident in my knowledge of rap. I've, I listened to the 3-6 Mafia. I know what Houston Screw is. So it sounds like a lot of excuses. But in the end, just being honest, it's very uncomfortable to be... Hey, but it's fair though, right? Yeah. I mean, that's better than you lying and saying that you love something because there's going to be people that agree with you. And I... There's going to be, I think, plenty of people. This is also why I really like this setup. The podcast is based on one of us really liking an album and giving it to the other. So there's always going to be a defender of that album that calmed me down and made me really okay with having this review. That said, bottom line is if I got on this podcast and I lied and said it it was a good album, that's what would make it phony. And hey, not that it would ever happen, but if I could buy Joyner Lucas a couple drinks and he could tell me personally what was going on in this album, I would love that. That would be amazing. So that's my long spiel on the difficult mental block of doing this review. Yeah, I had some moments that I struggled with, and I want to see if we kind of line up here, because ultimately my overall impression of the album is is definitely different than yours. So Yeah, awesome. um, Let's start off with the fact that every song has a different producer. I think that that might be what really, really hurt this album, because it's the opposite of no continuity. Usually you would think that, hey, all these producers, it's a mishmash. There's no continuity. I think the problem with this album is that out of the 18 tracks, let's take away the four skits or five skits. So let's say 14 tracks. They all try to do the same. They're all the same fucking thing. I want to jump in. Do it. Yeah. Not so much in defense, but kind of in agreeance, because I feel like that is a symptom of hip hop right now. Someone comes up with a hook or someone comes up with a beat and then all the hip hop producers jump on that. Yes. And they just beat the dead horse. In theory, you think like, I'll get a bunch of different producers. And it'll swap things up. Mm. But really, everyone is trying to do the same thing 
And to your point, because they're all independent of each other, they don't know that the last guy just produced the track sounds just like what I'm doing right now. Okay, that's a good point. Last week, episode two, that was two amazing bands. And even though they are amazing and our reviews were extremely high, we still talked a lot about how certain sounds end up biting off of other artists. It's very interesting because... In this album, it really seems like direct ripoffs of Meek Mill and Ty Dolla Sign. And I was thinking of it as you're not even trying to hide it, but you might make a good point. It might be just a producer saying, I know what's going to sell right now. Well, another layer to that, the way I discovered Joyner Lucas was back when the whole mumble rap thing was going on, where you had Mm -hmm. these mumble rappers and lyrical rappers just shoot and cross, you know. They were doing diss tracks back and forth, and I know Joyner had a couple where he took Gucci Gang, or he took somebody else's track, and then he flipped it on their beat. So hearing his voice over somebody else's beat was how I got introduced to him, and then he came out with that, I'm not racist. Yeah. That's one that you need to watch it. I'm going to go over the good first. I'm going to start with Devil's Work. I like the whole subject of this song. I do. I like the thought of replacing mm-hmm. Suge with Tupac and Malcolm X for R. Kelly and the whole everything he said about Tommy Lauren and Laura Ingram. I like it, but it's poorly delivered in a way that it makes a very serious subject silly. I will just say right now that I'm not a Christian man, but I would imagine that a Christian person would have a really hard time with what he's saying in this, which he's he's basically what he's doing. He's telling God, why don't you give us this person back and take another person? It, it doesn't seem like how it's supposed to I love to how he wraps work. it up in the end, though, because in the end, it, that's his redemption. God, it's not your fault. Like, I know it's not your fault. He He beats up God for like the entire damn thing, and then the last two lines of I know what you're talking about, and I'll tell you, Sven, I listen to this album so much, and you'll find this at some point too, because at some point I'm going to give you an album that you don't fucking like, and you're going to do the same thing. Yeah. I've listened to this up until about 8.30 tonight, because I was, no, there's, if Sven likes this, there are good qualities in this album that I need to figure out. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying, and I agree. Another song that I liked aspects of, which is Lotto. Lotto was a really cool beat. It's got a really cool hook. I love the symphonic loop that they choose. It's a well-produced beat. I like his calmness. In this album, I think it's best when he's calm, when he's not trying to push it. Even then, his bars, there's so much in the middle of him saying anything interesting. And we'll we'll get into that a little more later. Yeah. And then another track that I think that works is Goldmine. It's the same thing. I think it's really well produced. I, I even like most of his bars in this. This would be a really, really good standalone song. How do I say this? To me, he's saying the same shit every single song. But in this song, he's saying it the best. Gotcha. If this was a standalone song in this album about how he came up from nothing and he keeps getting fucked over, but he's going anyway. Even then, he has a couple lines in here that we'll get into later that I just I have a fucking problem with. So there are those songs, which I'll listen to. If they came on at a party, I'd probably bounce to it. The rest of the album are broken up into these themes. So I'll talk about theme one first, which is I have money and I'm a prick. The very first song, I Lied, 
I get the sentiment and I respect what he's doing with the whole, you know, I didn't want money to change me, but it did change me. Right. It's like confession Mm -hmm. without any kind of restitution or anything. Yeah. There's a lot of parts of this album that I will say it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. In similar ways, because I was wondering where he was going to go with it. Was he going to go anywhere with it? And I lied. At first, I kind of like benefit of the doubt. Okay, you're just clearing the air. You're just getting some stuff off your Mm -hmm. chest. Where are you going with it? That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. I remember where I was the first time I started listening to this album. And you're right. I heard that first track. I was like, okay, this is going to be some pretty deep shit. And that might be what fucking pissed me off is because it doesn't end up being that. But track one being this whole, I blew up and I fucked everybody over. Yeah. Same as you. I was kind of waiting for it to, what's the rest of the story? So then what? So anyway, back to the money and being a prick. There's the Chris Tucker and the Kevin Hart skits, which just left me empty. Trying to paint Joyner as like a victim here. Which is something else we're going to get into. Yeah, yeah. This is why I asked about the skits too, because I don't care for any of the skits on this album. Well, you and I completely agree on that. <laughs> the Then the song Revenge, which starts out, the more that I do, the more that I do, the more that You think, okay, here we go. This is going to be real shit. But listen to what he's saying he's all he's saying is he's just yeah i'm I'm gonna cheat on her and then she's gonna be upset and then i'm gonna be like well fuck you i'm rich so you're gonna have to walk away and be poor it always ends up just going into how much money he has he drives a phantom and and that's great he starts with these self agonizing things and it turns into but you know what i'm rich and yeah you know what i mean It's almost taking that the best revenge is success. You're putting yourself on such a pedestal. I'm, I'm that, that's what I'm hearing. Exactly. Right? There are times where this album just sounded like a bored rich dude that's searching desperately for something. He to at say. least recognizes his own. Yeah, he's, he, he's kind of a narcissist. He starts a lot of this stuff with self-deprecation, but it turns yeah. into this apathetic megalomaniac thing and then there's the two other songs that go into this are broken stupid good hook but i still feel the exact same about this song that i do the others and then will yeah it's funny because the first run through of this i thought it was just the hokiest crap it's actually a pretty cool sentiment it's trying to pay homage to a role model of yours before they die, which is true. And he talks about this, which we don't do. We wait till people are dead. And then we talk about how great they were. And he's just basically saying that he saw this African-American doing movies and music and TV and everything. And that helped him realize that shit, I can do anything. I don't love the song, but I like the sentiment. I like, I actually really like what he's doing with this. Okay. So that was theme one. Now here's theme two, trouble with love. Joyner Lucas and I have a really hard time with women. It's songs like war. I really like young thug. His verse in this is this auto tuned kind of nothing. This was such a simple one-off. I think because I've been so desensitized in this genre, because it feels like since the 90s, that's what every rapper has done. This album for me has so many, there's so much that reminds me of Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die. 
it talks about the struggle, how poor he was, his mama had to work all these jobs, da, 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 da. and then like the next verse, he's talking about how he's killing the people that are going to betray him, or he's you know it it's yes. it's the same formula. It's so funny, and this is why I really like this because even though you like this album and I don't, you and I are on the exact same page of what this album is saying. Yeah. So that's that's actually yeah. really really cool. There are things that you just said that are exactly things that I was going to say towards the end of my review. I'm going to keep going. Love, I hate the hook. I just don't like the, the love, 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 love. But it is pretty <laughs> catchy when he speeds up. And there's, I'm still on the whole love thing with him. There's finally with Chris Brown, which I don't, It's they're singing about it. They're rapping and singing about it almost like they don't understand why they keep failing at love. When all these songs are... This guy is literally saying, I thought I was in love and she fucked me over. And in the same exact song is saying, I'm just trying to get head. I'm just trying, you know, I'm just, it's, I, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. I, what I hear is a young man. That's what I think a, a lot of dudes go through. I believe when you get rich and famous, it's really hard to mature and get out of that. And I think he talks about that. It's it's childish. It's adolescent. That's a damn. That's a damn good point. Yeah, I'm gonna go from there into ten bands, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a little bit of everything. It is the Timbaland beat because everybody knows who he is. Yeah. So we'll just this is his beat. It's fun yeah. with the like the hi hat, and at the end there's this kind of beatboxing thing going on. Joyner Lucas is kind of droning through this. And, and never mind the fact that he's still saying the same exact right. thing. Lotto, it fits because it's this, this calming kind of vibe. This song is this almost early 2000 Missy Elliott. And that, that of... was your pick for my favorite, right? Can I just say you, you nailed my pick. I know it's a Timbaland beat, the first bar. It doesn't matter. You can tell. You you know it. And then yeah. and then in this one, he threw back some of his old little vocal punches that he puts in there. You know, like, uh-huh. Yeah. Gave me some nostalgia. 2002-ish. Yeah. 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 I guess I do kind of know you then with, with hip-hop. <laughs> awesome. That makes me happy. So after 10 bands, there is the third theme. And this is where it's going to get dicey. Mm. The third theme is the ADHD. And I'm going to start with the doctor skits. Yeah. What the fuck Messed up doctor, is going right? on with the doctor? Is he trying to tell us that a doctor did this like to him when he was a him. kid? Like gave him coke? I took it as an exaggeration of what I feel like happens a lot of time in the medical community in diagnosing ADHD and... and just how, throwing well, meds boys, at- Boys that are rowdy... Oh, you're you're ADHD. Yeah. Let's just get you on some Adderall or get you on some Ritalin. And so, you know, oh, the Ritalin doesn't work. Let's bump you up to Adderall or, you know, it's it's just throwing drugs at a problem when that's okay. not the problem. That's how I took it. I didn't think of it that way. And that's that is a good point. You could totally be right. Maybe it's a commentary. This album is not about fucking ADHD. He doesn't talk about ADHD. He has like two lines about it. Is that the point that he can't? concentrate is this like a meta commentary the song isis he does talk about the adhd of one line Uh in it but then the rest of the song even logic's verse it's the same thing it's how rich they are and how good they are at rapping and how (laughs) so fly i'm a motherfucking flight risk this was a tough one for (laughs) you wasn't it i i didn't make this easy it was 
that leads me to the last song I'll talk about, which is ADHD. That's where he finally gets into it. It's like track 15 or something like that. The hook is, it's this auto-tuned whatever, which that's fine. He talks about how he can't get sleep. That's okay. We're getting somewhere. So you, your ADHD makes you not be, but then he doesn't say anything. He doesn't. This whole album sounds like he's using ADHD as an excuse to be an asshole, Mm. which doesn't, that's what I think. And that's why this album pisses me off. And the, the last thing I'll say on this album is that we are in an era where there are some pretty fucking groundbreaking, awesome rappers. We've got Juice World, we've got J. Cole, we've got Denzel Curry, Childish Gambino, Tyler the, Tyler the Creator. We've got, even as much as I don't like him, Kanye, Kendrick Lamar. I didn't Kendrick even say Lamar. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. We've got these guys in this era. I don't want to listen to the same 90s tropes that Eminem was passing out fucking 20 years ago. When you're rapping shit like, if she don't like me, she got to be gay. Or you're talking about how you can turn a straight because you fuck her right. Really? Yeah. Is this, this is still where we're at? We're still here? That's basically my recap of this album. In an age where there are rappers doing some pretty incredible things, I was kind of pissed off by this album. Gotcha. Yeah. I, <laughs> I totally get your point. I can't really defend or, or, or I don't really disagree with. I think we're on the same page with a lot of things. I want to anybody that's listening. I really hope you don't take this in a way. Sven Knudsen is one of the most loving, open-minded people I've ever met. So I, I really hope you don't take this as me saying, Sven, why do you like this album when he's saying this shit? That's not, that's not at all what I'm saying. I still listen to DMX of 2001. Right. I'm, I'm not yeah. implicating Sven for listening to stuff like this. And I don't I'm take just... it that way either. I also am slightly frustrated in, in how long it's taken this genre to progress beyond this. Yeah. Maybe... Part of it is I'm complacent because I've just accepted that, well, maybe it's me too. This is it. This art form is here. There's there's your few outliers. You named quite a few. And even back in the nineties there were a few. Outcast. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, when I sit down to a rap album, it's separate from all the other music I listen to. When I go into the space to listen to something like this, I get into that headspace. Um doesn't make things okay. But you, you can't ignore things. And also there's some great, whether it's literature, yeah. music, art. All right. So that's... That was a monster That's review. my review. We'll get into the awards and categories. I'm going to start with the uh, reviews, the worst reviews. Am- there were no negative reviews what? on Amazon for this okay, album okay. whatsoever, which which might... I just want to say I'm really disappointed. That's That's both albums. And Amazon reviews are one of my... That's the comedy segment of this whole thing. Exactly. Uh, and maybe that speaks, maybe that's a signal to me that I'm a idiot and that's, and that I should be liking the, no. well, but Amazon yeah. people are idiots. So I don't, I don't really, um, we kind of touched on the influences and the influences on the, I mean, we really touched on the influences and on influences yeah, on this, right? I think so. I hear Drake in this, I heard ASAP Ferg, you know, fine wine or skunk beer award to me. There's too much good stuff out there mm-hmm. right now. I feel like this will be I think, forgotten. I think as a whole, as an album, I'd probably agree with that. 
there's a couple of tracks on here that I think that might have a little more staying power. I actually did like Devil's Work, and that and that's that's me as a pastor's kid, right? So I grew up in church. My dad was a preacher. Listening to someone talk like this, I had so many discussions with my dad yeah. about that topic through my life, and I kept revisiting it. So I was one of the folks that did. I, I remember being in in my I would say mid twenties. And still struggling with some of that and having to go to my dad, who was very open-minded. He was, he was one of those Christians that was a pastor, but his his degree, he was a doctorate in cultural anthropology. So he understood world culture. That's kind of the background I had going into it. The last couple bars, what we want and what we know is reality are so far apart that we're just pissed off. And when you have no one to blame and you know there's... you. There's no one person to blame. The easiest person to yell at is God. But no, that's that's really, really good insight, actually. Never mind the Bullocks Award. How many albums does he have? Does yeah. he... He's only got three. I, I don't think he's had time. Gotcha. Uh, the John Paul Jones Award, I very cruelly wrote down, I just replaced the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> With who? <laughs> don't, don't just say anybody. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, just, come on. Okay. I don't care. John Popper Award for Best Hook. I have Lotto. Uh, what about you? Um, I don't know why. I, God, you're going to hate me for going back to the same damn track. This whole album, I'm starting to realize, is coming down to this one fucking is track, it isn't ten it? Bands? Um, oh. Ten bands? Ten bands. Like, I, is it? <laughs> Time of Your Life Award. What do, what's your least favorite song on this album? Least favorite, I think Revenge maybe. To your point about being a piece of shit, that probably that one probably to me stands out the most <laughs> yeah. is like uh yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh yeah. mine is Finally. It tries so hard to be Finally is the song you did with Chris Brown. It tries so hard to be a you did this to me and I'm still going to be a, a king, but then the lines are just so it's a really poorly done song three best songs on the album devil's work is is my third favorite 10 bands is my second favorite and lotto is my first favorite uh what about you what are your three favorite songs on this album crazy same three as you just different order i like it um lotto is my third and and then believe it or not 10 bands is two it's yeah yeah devil's devil's work i think takes it that especially the more i think about it really (laughs) Um, I'll, I'll, I'll fess up. I'll fess up that up until we did the review, I think 10 bands was my Ooh. favorite. Ooh. Talking. I like it, that. Though. Who won the album? Timbaland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like this, this is another one of those, like it's, it's a rap album. Like doesn't the rapper have to win? For did... me, Jordan Lucas won this album. He got a bunch of producers to do all this shit for him. And he came up with these mediocre bars and he got rich that's my honest take i'm giving this album three out of ten 90s rap tropes there's catchy parts i wouldn't kick out of a party bus but other than that i it just doesn't very much doesn't do it for me sven do you rate this out well um i give this a seven out of ten if i'm going ten this is a seven out of ten it's always a good thing when Somebody of whose opinion for music you respect greatly disagrees with you on something because it's going to make you think differently. Sven, I can't wait to do it again next week. 
Next week, episode four, we are going to do our first band dissection on one of yes. the most popular bands from the last 20 years who have an album coming out the day before we record it. Come back for that. Versechorusverse.com. You know, like our everythings and download our episodes and listen if you want, but at least share them with your friends. We shall see you on the other side. Oh,